The Bully Girl Magazine podcast is your dog-eared audio destination, bookmarking the most compelling tales and insights from the vast canine universe. While we passionately dive into the world of bully breeds, dispelling myths, offering training tips, and discussing breed standards, our scope isn't limited. We cast our net wide to encompass a diverse range of dog breeds, ensuring no tale is left untold. Enhanced by expert interviews and inspiring stories, this podcast is a beacon for responsible ownership and breed education. It's where bully breed enthusiasts meet the broader dog-loving community, fostering unity, understanding and share joy in every bark and wag. So whether you're out walking your dog or listening at home, be sure to enjoy the show and keep coming back. And I am over the moon excited to have the fantastic Karina Gonzalez, the founder of Keep It Kennels, located in Orange County, California, where she specializes in breeding and showing French bulldogs. And what a cutie pie. Hello, Karina. Hello, everyone. How are you all this beautiful morning? It looks gorgeous, Sarah. Speaking of gorgeous, you and this cutie. Who is this cutie pie? So this is Allie, formerly Ice Spice. And oh. today she's going to her new family. Oh, how exciting. Is it hard to let them go? Uh, specifically <laughs> this one, yes, they all are. It's that bittersweet moment. But in the end, that they're bringing a lot of love and companionship to their new families. That's fantastic. I, I want to see your ears a little more. If you can lift her just a little bit higher. Okay, Sarah. I mean, that is just beyond gorgeous. And the coloring is incredible. She's a little uh, pied Merle. Oh, love that. What does that mean for people who are new to bully breeds? So pied is going to be like those big patches, kind of like a cow. And then Merle is that crazy bunch of different colors. Wow. So kind of like a marble. Yeah. That's the Merle gene. So the Merle also is what causes that different colored eye effect. Oh. So she has one blue and then one black. I just met a bully recently who had a blue and a brown eye. And it was so cool. Yeah, that's because they carried the Merle gene. Oh, that is awesome. All right. So I love to ask two questions to every guest. The first question is, does your dog do something unusual, something funny, something different? And you can choose any dog you'd like of yours, of course. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, someone's No, nope, That's okay. <laughs> so my first dog that I ever got that got me kind of started into the bully breed is Zero. He's a lilac tri. And he's definitely a little human. Whenever we have campfires, he knows it's it's time to sit down and he just listens to everyone's story. He literally tilts his head when someone is talking and we're all gathered around the campfire. So he's definitely very humanistic in his behavior. I love that. And this is a two-part question. When did your love of dogs begin? And then when did your love of bully breeds in particular begin? Ooh, my love of dogs, I think, has been pretty much my whole life. And then particularly the bully breeds or the bigger breeds. Um, so unfortunately, I do live in a little bit of a rough area. So because of that, having a dog was not so much a want, but a necessity to protect our home because people would kind of come into the backyard and they would steal like the bikes or the recycling. Oh. And that's kind of how we were allowed to even have our first dog. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of how we got started with one dog and it kind of just 
spiraled. Oh, that's awesome. You know, I was talking to LeVar the other day, who's the founder of this fantastic Bully Girl magazine. And we were talking, I was talking about pit bulls. And I was thinking that the first exposure I had was my first dog that I didn't get till I was 33 because my mom was afraid of all dogs. It could be a flipping chihuahua, right? <laughs> anyway, Blue was a, a pit mix and he was a border terrier pit bull mix. So cute. But then I realized that like 10 years earlier, I had met this pit bull named Ehu, who was a red nose pit with the greenest eyes. And he was just gorgeous. Now, he had probably been abused because every time I tried to pet him, he was my dad had a lot of land and he would feed and take care of the stray dogs that would come. And eventually I got close enough to almost pet him. But what a beautiful dog. And, you know, that goes right into the way that you got into this was because you rescued a neglected and malnourished French bulldog. Tell us about this. Yeah, so a rather unfortunate situation as well. So at the time, I only had my two big guard dogs. So then my friend, she calls me, it was my birthday. Oh. And she calls me and she's like, Hey, girl, um, there was a situation where a man and a woman decided to get married. The woman wasn't a big fan of animals. So to tie the knot, unfortunately, the dog had to go. But slowly the dog was becoming neglected and mm. not not to, not being fed. So she called me because she's a Pomeranian breeder. So mm. the Frenchie, although she really wanted to keep him, didn't fit into her pack. So that's when she called me because at the time I had no small dog. So she tells me, hey girl, you know, I have this dog. He's kind of in rough shape, but I think you would be the perfect person for him. So I go and I check him out. It's it's my birthday. And I'm like, you know what? I think I need to take this dog. When I saw him, I literally wanted to cry. He couldn't even walk because his back leg, he was just so malnourished. He didn't have Horrible. the strength. He had the worst, worst, worst upset stomach for like, I'm going to say the first two weeks, which is probably the hardest. Oh, yeah. Having soft stool. Um, but yeah, eventually this became my child. This was my first exposure with like a little dog. And I absolutely loved it. You can carry them anywhere. <laughs> so he was attached to my hip. He would go with me to the stores. And I just found, found myself spending lots of money spoiling him buying him <laughs> clothes and eventually you know he he regained his strength and i asked myself i went back to that question why would someone one do this to a dog and two my friend told me how much this person had paid for this dog and i was like why did someone pay ten thousand dollars for a dog to then neglect him. So then once he was healthy, I was like, hmm, I, I'm, I'm a little curious about this, this industry. So then that's when I kind of started doing some investigating. I found out about the dog shows. I started attending. And then that's kind of how it all started. Wow. Well, I have to say, if I met somebody and they weren't into dogs, they'd be gone. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that is my number one requirement. Must love dogs. Oh, yeah. When I met my husband, there were several things. And one of them was, do you like dogs? 
And he said, yes. I'm like, okay. Actually, that's how he got me to move from California. We were living in California and he had a job opportunity where he grew up on the East Coast. And I said, I don't want to move to the East Coast. I'm used to just nice weather, you know? And he said, well, we're going to live for free. My parents have an in-law apartment. Okay. That's a cool thing, obviously. And they have a fenced in yard and they love dogs and we can get a dog. And I'm like, okay, get me on the next plane. I'm going to New England. Oh, <laughs> And we've had dogs ever since. So, although I do miss nice weather. Uh, <laughs> now, Karina, I read uh, also in the article in Bully Girl Magazine, which is fantastic, that you do your genetic testing through UC Davis Animal. Now, they have such a great reputation. How'd you get involved with them? So at first, I would use animal genetics. The turnaround time was slightly longer. And what I noticed with UC Davis was they were a little more detailed as 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 far as like showing the intensity. They were a little more detailed when it came to the color coat panel. And I wanted to be sure that when I did a breeding, I wasn't missing any gene or I, if I was trying to create a specific look, I was well informed about what that dog carried. And as well with their genetics, I want to, to breed a, a healthy dog because the French Bulldog already has breed specific, like any breed, breed specific um, genetic disorders, what? right? So uh, you're doing- sorry. I'm sorry, Benji, no. no. That is the part, the beauty of the Bully Podcast. We're dog lovers and we know dogs are going to be dogs, right? That was my lab, though. So I'm like, come on, only Blue's allowed to bark. No, It's the Bully Girl Magazine podcast, girl. That's right. Come on, get with it. (laughs) Yeah, so like I was saying, um, it's one of the hardest things to do, I believe, is let's say you invested $10,000, $20,000 in a dog and you do the genetic testing and you see that, okay, this dog is prone to hip dysplasia or this dog is prone to this certain disease. So now you're like, I need to do the humane choice and take that that loss, right? Yeah. And, you know, not breed this dog because I know I'm gonna create a sick dog or I'm gonna continue to pass down that bad gene. Yeah, I, I really admire that. You know, I spoke about this on an episode recently about how, you know, I'm I'm a big rescue person, but I also know that people are going to get puppies and that's totally fine. And I want to bring people or educate people about people who are doing it right like you. And that's why I'm so excited that, to have partnered with Bully Girl Magazine because I want everyone to get the best, healthiest dogs. And the people that I talk to are so passionate about that. And it means a lot. Absolutely. It really does. Now, in the article in Bully Girl Magazine, it says, quote, she, and that's talking about you, believes a responsible breeder should accept that not all dogs are meant for breeding or showing and that some are amazing pets that provide love and companionship. Can you expand on that for us, Karina? Absolutely. So there was a time where I drove to San Francisco 14 hours and $10,000 later to pick up a little French bulldog. She was a female. So her name is Gigi and Mm -hmm. Gigi decided that she wasn't into that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. She was just the one that would like to cuddle, eat, 
And as much as we trained with her, she would do it. But when it came to actually being in the ring, um, she would just like to jump up on the judges, get hugs and kisses. Um, she would get really tired and kind of flustered at the dog shows. She didn't really like too much attention. So that's when I realized, you know what? She is probably not going to be a show dog. So I was like, okay. She's, she came of age to breed. And we bred her. And she decided that puppies were not her thing either. <laughs> so she wasn't necessarily the best mother. So I was like, okay, you know what, Gigi? You, you told us that, you know, you don't like the show scene. You don't really like the pups, so you're just you're just gonna be a pet. Yeah, see that's beautiful. She sounds yeah. wonderful. I'd love a pet like her. No offense, guys. My dog's yeah, in the room going, What? She's funny. She's a character too. Oh, I bet. Now I was reading also in the article about Shatter, and congrats. That's your ex B Blue male who has won over five best show awards and has received multiple points with various registries. So it sounds like that's his thing. Yeah, no, definitely Shatter is my little champion. He is absolutely amazing. But again, the reason why I believe Shatter has been so successful is one thing, mm. temperament. Ah. And that is something that I try to very to specialize in is creating a dog that no not only has the looks but also has the temperament. So Shatter has that really laid back, chill vibes, go with the flow type temperament. And that's a very common trait of the XB bloodline, which is why it's, it's one of my favorite. Yeah. So Shatter, he was only taught how to stack. And I found that only teaching him the traits of the that they ask for in the dog show helps him not only not get confused but because of his temperament he doesn't mind walking in that little square he doesn't mind the judge coming up checking his teeth checking the testes feeling him all around yeah. and you know what I feel like that is what has led to our ultimate success so ultimately Shatter is my little star he's kind of the one that put us on the map as far as um, my number one stud so yeah, that, that's Shatter for you. Oh, that is so cool. You know, you talk about temperament and I'm always trying to do pit bull education and bully education. Wherever I go, I bring Blue out with me a lot. He's so laid back. He's so gentle. He's such an angel. And I get so angry about the common misconceptions about the bully breed. How do you address them with potential puppy buyers and just people in general? Yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions, especially now because of the increase in breeding, maybe not as much responsible breeding. Right. So now they think, oh, the Frenchie has kind of gotten a reputation of being kind of like a crazy, crazy, <laughs> energetic dog. They can be lazy. Um, but that does come down to how the dog is bred. And again, the nurture, the environment, how you train it, how you raise it. Right. Any dog can be a, a good, well-behaved dog. Um, but yeah, the misconceptions, it, it's all down to people just not being educated. Right. And when they acquire a pup from us, I 
I not only sell a dog, I sell my brain, my knowledge, my experience. I inform them, okay, this is the dog you have. He is or she is a Merle dog. If you decide to breed it, never, ever, ever breed it to another Merle dog because you are crossing to genetic mutations. So I give them a little bit of background about the personality of the dog. So when they are initially searching, I'm like, you know what, based on having this puppy, I think this dog would do best in a home with small children. It seems to have those characteristics of being a little bit more on the playful side. So they are going to have a tad more energy or they're going to have they're going to need those extra walks. If you're looking for more of a couch, couch potato chill back dog, I would recommend this one. So informing them of not only what they're getting their hands on, but also about what uh, genetic disorders or diseases these dogs are predisposed to. So with any short snout dog or flat face breed, there's probably going to be maybe some health issues down the line, but let's prevent them, right? What kind right. of supplements, what kind of things do you want to get them on to have the optimal health for your dog? Now that was perfect because that led right into my next question, which was about diet and supplementation. Yes. So diet is absolutely critical when it comes to the French Bulldog because they're a little on the gassy side. So you really <laughs> want yeah, you want to get that, that grain free. At the moment, I personally use Victor Dog Food. However, in the past, I have used a brand called Origin, Tendra Origin. It's all exotic meats. When I had my dogs on those, let me tell you about their coat. Their coat glistened, it shined because that food was just so rich. It was high calorie, so they were nice and plump. And what I also would add, or and I still currently do add, is something called canine super supplements. So canine super supplements is a supplement. They have a variety. They have one that's for like immunity boost. They have weight gainer, which is the most popular and what I have all my dogs on, which that supplement, it, it basically gives them all those primal meats, those that raw meat that they would naturally eat in the wild. So that helps fill in those gaps where the dog food is lacking. So I've noticed, and I have a funny story attached to this when I started using it. So I noticed that the dog's muscles were just accentuating. Their booties were growing. They were just getting thick. And I was like, I like this. I, I love this supplement. So all my camp was getting thick. And this is the funny story, kind of. So I was like, wow, you guys are, are looking good, nice and plump. And then one girl in particular, I was like, girl, you are looking extra thick. And then I became, I started to become a little suspicious. I was like, okay, you guys are getting really, really chumpsters. What's, what's going on here? So one day I, I carry this girl and I carry her. And then my, my arm is just full of milk. So I'm like, Ooh. wait, you're not just fat, <laughs> you're pregnant. So um, immediately 
I take her to, to the clinic and I run a reverse, I do an ultrasound. And in fact, she was ready to pop in a few days. Oh she just, gosh. she had a singleton. So what happened was we went, we had a, a big move Mm -hmm. And I guess it was around the time she was supposed to start her heat. And I thought she was just running a little late. So I guess the stress of the move caused her to have a silent heat, oh. which is when no blood comes out, right? Yeah. So th they were still all, I would let them all run around and play together, right? So I guess in one of those, when I was not looking moments, <laughs> Or at night, when they would kind of sneak off, she had a little rendezvous and she mm. was pregnant. That and is so here funny. I thought she, they were all just living good, getting thick because of the canine super supplements. Right. And, yeah. you know, having the thick dog is great. And you also keep them in shape. So what do you do to keep your dogs active? So for the most part, I think it kind of also does come down to uh, personality. Some right. are going to be my couch potatoes. Some are going to be my more athletic ones. So for the most part, I love to have them all free playing around. So they kind of get their exercise that way. But then I do have my dogs that have just that extra energy. So at night when the sun is down, we take them a few laps around the block, probably one or two. They can't handle too much. This breed is not the most athletic. It's right. more, for me, the brain stimulation. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So what I do, because they're a flat-faced breed, they, it's the heavy panting if it's too much exercise, what I like to do is I like to stimulate instead their brain. So I like to teach them tricks. I like to kind of play those little um, board games with them. So that, to me, is how they receive that, that exercise, that mental exercise. Yeah, like that's it. really key. And that brings me back to socialization with the puppies. So it sounds like you're getting them exposed to a lot of different sounds and games. And tell us more about that. Yeah, so one of the main things I like to do is I love taking puppies after they're fully vaccinated yeah. to dog shows. So at the dog shows, people are taking pictures. There's loud music. There's little kids running around. Oh, a cute puppy. They're going to come randomly yeah. hug them. They're going to pet them. <laughs> so we want to get them used to all these different environments where people are going to be up in their face. They're going to be in their personal space how are this how is this dog going to react to this right so yeah. we start young providing those stimulus so when they're older this is a walk in the park piece of cake music super loud i can handle the loud noises yeah and that's then, oh go we, ahead yeah no so then another thing we also do is we go out into the community so wherever dogs are allowed sometimes we go to target and we hold them around so they kind of experience those different sights those different smells yeah yeah so th that's those are the main things we do to socialize our dogs oh that is great now talk to us about the process of purchasing a pup from your kennel from start to finish okay yes so how it works here at my camp is first i begin to promote a litter or an upcoming breeding so what you're able to do when i am promoting this breeding 
is you're able to sign up for an interest sheet. So you just put your information and what I do is when the litter arrives, I contact you and I tell you, hey, this litter is, it was just born. We have three healthy females, two healthy males. We have a blue, a chocolate, a merle. Are, are any of those pups of interest to you? And then if they say yes, they're like, okay, so I have first pick, second pick, third pick available. So kind of how that works is for the most part, I like to reserve first pick for myself because there may be that one dog I really want to keep off that litter. So then, okay, second pick. So you are the second person that will be allowed to to pick your dog when the pup, the pups are a little older, right? When they're about two to three weeks of age, when you start to see a little bit of their personality and their and their traits. So once you reserve that dog, you have to uh, leave a deposit. So without a deposit, unfortunately, the dog is still open to the rest of the market. Yeah, well, I totally get that. I mean, that yeah. really makes sense. So, you yeah. know, you can say, "I want that dog. I want that dog," but in the end, I hold this dog for you for two months and then comes time and I just let this family down because they really, really wanted that dog, but I was holding it for someone else that never followed through. So That's the next- cute bark. Yeah. <laughs> that was adorable. Fight the guard dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then the next thing I do is I have the customer sign a contract. So in this contract, I have various terms. So the first is I outline that I will provide a one year health guarantee. So what that guarantee says is if this dog is found to have any type of genetic disorder that was caused because of my neglectful breeding and I didn't do my homework as to who was I putting together, I will replace that dog of equal value for free. Oh, so I'm great. gonna replace that dog. However, if the dog unfortunately has an accident or passes away because of the, the new owner's negligence or the dog was stolen, unfortunately that does not fall under that one year health guarantee or let's say you didn't finish giving the dog its vaccinations and it, it got ill yeah yeah and what i outline as well is i already did the vet examination i already do provide most of the vaccinations however they they're still puppies right so they still are going to need more right yeah. so in that contract you must take that puppy to the vet within the first 72 hours unless if it's a holiday or a weekend, you must take that puppy to the vet and have it personally examined by your, your vet of choice. So that reassures you not only that the dog is healthy, but you will also understand and see if there's any anything further that you should bring to my attention. Yeah, that's well, great because you're so thorough. Yeah, no, my contracts are about two pages long and people are like, what the heck? I thought I was just buying a puppy. And I was like, <laughs> No, you, you are getting into a lifetime, a decade commitment. Yep. And you know, this is, this is a dog. This is a man made dog. So it's, it's a little different as opposed to going to the shelter and, and adopting a dog where you're just paying for that, 
uh, spay or neuter and, and vaccination fees, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, would you say that more people come to you to get puppies to start breeding on their own? Or do you get a lot of people also who come just who want a puppy as a family pet? I would say it's about 50-50 for the most part. Because of my small business, I am often at places where not only is it the bully community, but it's more the general public. So right. I would say that kind of um, is drives more of a family sales, a family dog, a pet. So yeah, I would say because I'm at like the pop ups. So I would say probably more more so family pets. So you have to educate them. The bully community does have that prior knowledge and they have that experience unless it's a it's a new breeder. Right. Um, then we have to educate them. We well, we educate both parties, either or. Yeah, I was about to ask what advice you have for any upcoming breeders, but it sounds like to be educated, to, to get, you know, do all the genetic testing, get the good contracts, you know, all the things that you're doing. Yeah, no, one piece of advice for breeders, I would say, is, you know what, you are going to take those L's. This is a very, very expensive lifestyle. It's not just like an industry. They are your life. They are living, breathing creatures not it's not just some product that you can put on the shelf or you can stuff in a cage you have to nurture you have to care you have to feed you have to stimulate this dog so it is not easy and what i tell them is be prepared for losses losses are going to mm -hmm. happen but it's how you react and how you learn and grow from those losses that's what's going to make you a successful breeder it's what's going to make you successful in this industry what was that like in the beginning when you had a loss and you were new to the bully oh, game my goodness tell me about the beginning <laughs> when i was doing my research i was like okay i'm gonna get into this industry so i just saw you you have puppies right yeah. I, I wasn't too aware of all the tools you needed to care for these puppies. Because I had had um, big dogs before. They had puppies. Mom would take care of them. They were good. Just help them out. Help them when they come out, right? Yeah. No. The French Bulldog is very, very different. Get ready for those sleepless nights. Every two hours, you're getting up for feedings. You need to invest in an incubator. You need to invest in a suction. You need your oxygen, your nebulizer machine. You need all these things. And unfortunately, in the beginning, I wasn't aware that I needed all this stuff. So I took an L, a big, big L, and I lost an entire litter because I was uneducated. I didn't have the experience, the prior knowledge to properly care for these dogs. And one of the number one reason you will lose a French bulldog puppy is because of aspiration. The oh. milk, when they're, su they're suckling, the milk will go into their lungs. It'll come out the nose. And you need a special machine, a suction machine, a medical grade suction machine to be on it and suctioning that puppy. The second you see that milk coming out, you are suctioning, you're putting them to your ear, hearing that, okay, they're breathing good now. So that is the number one reason why you, why you will lose a litter. The number two reason is 
the pre-care, the care of the female. Mm. I always tell people, think of this industry, think of your female dog like an adult woman and when she gets pregnant she needs to be on prenatals she needs to get the blood work done she needs an ultrasound she needs a c-section she needs the well-being the aftercare the medication right yeah so yeah, it, that's it's, so important it's a lot that is a lot that is a lot now who do you look up to in the bully game and why so i would say there's a particular couple that I currently look up to. So their name is Laura and Anthony, and their kennel name is the Bulldog Cartel. It's <laughs> a great so, name. Laura, she is a power woman. Let me tell you, she's a mom. So she's a full-time mom, full-time wife. She's also a breeder. So she's full-time whelping, taking care of the dogs. But she's also a business owner. Oh, so wow. this couple, which they didn't have the best start in life, it was a little rocky, right? They were able to understand and grasp this industry. They were able to be successful, which eventually led them to opening their first pet store. Oh. So now this pet store, it catered specifically to the bully community. Oh. They had the incubators, they had the suction machine, they knew about the PG machines, the testing, everything you needed, all those prenatals, those supplements. If you go to Petco right now, you most likely cannot find prenatals. You right. most likely cannot find an incubator, right? <laughs> yeah. So this led them to be very successful. So now they were able to franchise. So there is a top dog pet store pretty much in every city now. That's incredible. Yeah, so to me, that was very inspirational. I'm like, okay, you know what? I didn't have the best start in life either. I really, really want that success. I want to leave this, I want to leave the poverty, right? Yeah. And they were able to educate themselves. And obviously through experience, they were able to be successful, not only with the dogs, but also in the business aspect. They were able to take that love and that passion and fulfill a need for the bully community of providing all those tools so that hence we could be more successful, right? Oh, Giving yeah. us that access to the tools we need to be successful, right? Yeah. And then they were so successful that they franchised. Now, hey, I wanna get ahead in life. I want to open up my own business. They provided that opportunity for others to open up your own business and they were going to be there. They, that mentorship, they provide yeah. that mentorship. Okay. You're going to go to this supplier. This is how I recommend you set your store up. This is how I recommend for you to market yourself. So that for the, that, they are definitely one of those power couples that, that I look up to. Yeah. And not only that, that power couple, you need that person that compliments you. Unfortunately, you cannot do this alone. This is a very hard industry to battle by yourself. There's going to be those days where you're sick and you can't get up and 
feed those five dogs or give them their your 100 you need that other person you're whelping you are on day five of whelping and you're falling asleep <laughs> you need that second person to come tap you out and okay i got you don't worry so yeah that that power couple i, I strive to one day find that as well yeah i was going to ask you what are what's one of your main goals for this year Ooh, so this year is very exciting because we are getting closer and closer to our vision of creating that ideal dog. So we have a few readings actually at the end of this month. So we're going to be having some puppies that I hope to find my future stud in. So it takes a lot of time because, again, we only do one breeding a year for a female. We, so the breeding season, we only do that one breeding. So it takes time to create and you need that specific stud. You need to, it, it's kind of like stairs. You go, you right. work your way up to get there, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited because I believe this year we may have created our next stud. So I'm so excited and I can't wait for the future. And if not, no worries. I know there's going to be a good solid female that's going to take me to that next level stud, right? Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy. You're gonna have to come back and tell us about that. Yeah, now I, I need I need to show you guys. And then oh, the, yeah. oh yeah. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Now describe how you would want things in the bully breed community to be 10 years from now. Oh, 10 years from now. So like any market, it's kind of like a wave. It has its ups and downs. So the current market for the bully breed is a little saturated right now, which mm. is okay because now is your time to get in the lab and create, right? right? It's it's a buyer's market, right? So my hope for the next 10 years, which hopefully in the next two years, I do predict the market to go back up to be a seller's market again, much like any industry, right? Yeah. So what I am currently seeing right now is probably not the best practices. Mm -hmm. So I hope that within the next few years, this industry has a lot more kindness. Yeah. And what I mean by that is people are kind, not only to each other, but to their animal. They don't just see it as a get rich quick scheme. Right. Right. So what time is going to do is it's going to weed out who's going to stay and who's most likely gonna probably give up or it wasn't the right industry for for you right yeah. this is not for everyone this is not easy right yeah so in the next 10 years i hope that for one the market is a lot better but there will always be a customer there's always going to be a customer no matter what your price tag is, there's always going to be someone for you, right? Yeah. So in the next 10 years, I hope that there is more kindness and more education. People yeah. are not just jumping into this blindsided or a get rich quick, right? You're going into this educated, knowing it's going to be a lot of work. You're going to experience losses, but ultimately you are going to learn and you're going to be successful. Oh, that is fantastic. You're such an inspiration. I'd love to know, what do you think of Bully Girl Magazine, by the way? 
absolutely love it. <laughs> so too. when I started, for the most part, it was mainly a male-dominated industry, if I'm being honest. Right. It was more so the male and then the matriarch was like that backbone, that support, right? Yeah. So now I am seeing that us as women were rising and we are the leaders of the camp, the leaders of the business. And what I think Bully Girl Magazine does is it provides that platform for women to gain exposure, to gain empowerment. Hey, I can do this too. It's not easy, but I can do this too. This is not just for males, right? Us yeah. as women can do it too. And that's something that I feel in my career in, in the dog industry has, has grown because I remember when I would show my dogs, there was no category for women handlers. Oh. So as I kept competing and I kept competing, they're like, okay, girls would come up to me like, huh, you're the only girl out there. Literally, it's all guys. And then there's little Karina right there standing <laughs> with all these big, huge guys. And like, you're actually doing good, girl. Like, like, how do you do it? And then that's when I'm like, okay, you know, at first it is a little intimidating, right? Yeah. You have all these guys hollering, oh, this is my dog. This is my dog. And then you get in there, you're like, and then your dog's stacking all good. You're Ooh. like, okay. So speak with your actions, I tell them. Speak with your actions. Train your dog. Put in the work. And you'll get recognized. Your dog will start to work, right? So now we have um, the categories, the diva stack off. We have the junior handler, the women stack off. Now we even have best in show woman handler which oh, I've thankfully cool. been able to, to win a few times. So as you can see, you know, us as women, we're getting a little more recognition, which Good. I love. And I love the Bully Girl magazine for highlighting all those women that are winning in life, those role models. Yes. The youth is always looking. So if we're able to put those women on those platforms, we now created a role model. We're empowering these young girls that they can do it too. They can do it on their own. Wow. You, I'm, you're just blowing me away, Karina. I'm just, just loving doing this show. And hold on. <clears throat> Sorry about that. I just completely blown away. So tell us how we can find you and keep it kennels and get all the good information uh, on the web, on the web. What am I? 110 oh, <laughs> on the internet. No, well, actually, maybe I am 110. We're on the web. <laughs> so you can find keep it kennels on instagram at keep it kennels well all our social medias are exactly the same we have a website keep it kennels.com at keep kennels.com you can shop our pet clothing and accessories you can book our studs you can check out our available puppies you can sign up for upcoming litters and then the number one way i market my website is I post all the upcoming dog shows. So whenever there's someone new to the industry or someone new at the dog show, if you're not kind of in that circle, you're not seeing who these people are posting the flyers, right? Yeah. So I always tell them, here's the link. If you go to the events tab, every Saturday and Sunday, there is a dog show. Well, when it's dog show season, there's a dog show. I invite you to come out 
stop by our booth, let's take a picture, come out and network, learn, visually see, because this is also something that I notice in the in the industry is they there's a difference between a quality quality dog. So come to a dog show and see the variety of dogs. Is that dog $10,000, $20,000? Is this dog just a, a loving pet, right? Yeah. That's a place where you can educate yourself, the dog shows. So I'm also on TikTok, Snapchat, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, every major platform, <laughs> we're, we're on there. Oh, that is awesome. Well, this has been so much fun. Rena, I'm just loving this. And if you want to check out Bully Girl Magazine, check them out on social media at Bully Girl Mag. And if you want to check me out, I am on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Lisa Davis MPH. Everyone keep coming back to Bully Girl Magazine podcast. Get the magazine, subscribe. My husband and I spent an hour the other day just going through the fantastic epic. Let me see if this fits here. 13 year. I'll just do this. It's amazing. I want every dog in here. And my husband's like, we have two dogs and that's how many we're going to have. And every day I'm like, well, look at this one. He's like, two is it. Two is it. I'm like, fine, fine. But I'm going to keep working him. But anyway, Karina, you're delightful. Thank you so much for coming on Bully Girl Magazine podcast. It's been fantastic. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you having this platform where we can not only disperse information, but we can hopefully inspire one another. I am always available, open for questions. Nice. If you have any questions, do not hesitate to contact me at Keep It Kennels on any social media platform. And I'd be more than happy to share my knowledge. Pick my brain, please. I want you to be successful. We need more successful women in this industry. Yes. And I want to have you back so I can pick your brain even more. Everybody, thank you so much and be sure to follow us and keep coming back to Bully Girl Magazine podcast. Thanks so much. Have a great day.